with me again from Widow Recovery Secrets. I hope you're well and I hope you've had a lovely Christmas. Compliments of the season to you wherever you are. And so today I'm on podcast with a very special young lady and her name is Ola and she's the founder of All Things Money. I'll just give you a brief synopsis of who she is. And since we're living in a time of financial crisis, it's been it's never a better time, more than a better time for her to be here. So she's the founder and creator of All Things Money, an online platform designed to provide young adults with some of the financial tools needed to help navigate the adult world. She created All Things Money to help offer personal financial tips and information to her peers on tax, mortgages, credit cards, and since she's here, I'm not going to go further. However, in terms of widow recovery secrets, I did mention I'll be bringing specialists, professionals, or people with good advice onto the platform. So we have a young lady here. And before I go further, I'm just going to say, please continue to like her video, continue to share, and thank you for doing so. You can find me at businessandmarriagecoaching.co.uk. And to move on now, I'm going to introduce you to Ola. So I introduce you, Ola. You're welcome to the platform. Thank you for coming and giving us some of your precious time. Can you tell us what you do and why you why you, you enjoy being here? Well, hello. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to having a discussion with you. Like you mentioned, um, times are quite financially tough for a lot of people at the moment. And um, wherever you are in the world, I think a lot of people have found you know, the last few months quite financially difficult. Um, and if you haven't, then I'm hopefully we'll still be able to share some tips to help you just level up your finances for the new year and beyond. Thank you, Ola. So today, my beautiful ladies, wherever you are around the world, it applies to us, whatever continent we are, money is our legal tender. So this would, I'm believing you take away at least quite a few pointers today on how to, to manage during this crisis and not so stress, not be too stressed out and still come out, come out successfully. So Ola, my first question to you today is, how can a single family household minimize the impact of the cost of living crisis. You could give us three wisdom tips, please, for guidance. Yeah, so tip number one, definitely creating a budget or a financial plan is really, really important, especially with the current cost of living crisis. The reason why I say that is because a financial plan allows you to see what money you have coming in, what money you have coming out, and hopefully allow you to see what you can and can't afford to um, spend. So I know a lot of people know Life and living has become more expensive, but how more expensive has life become for you? So it's really important to understand how expensive, how much more um, expensive your life is going to become, or if there's any ways you can kind of minimize that. Now, tip number two, I would say it's really important to build an emergency pot of money. So again, that's really important to have that buff buffer if you ever find yourself in a worst case scenario. So if you're in a single family household right now and you only have one source of income, God forbid, if you lost that job tomorrow, you want to know that you have something to fall back on. So it's really important to have an emergency pot of money. And lastly, I think it's really important, if you can, to help minimise the impact of um, the cost of living crisis is to find creative ways to build your income. So again, if you are a single family mem um, household um, owner and you only have one source of income, it's really important you have other streams of income that you can rely on. Again, God forbid, if you were to lose your job tomorrow, then you know you have some other streams of income coming in as well. 
Well, it's quite interesting because that takes us straight on to the next question. So what three tips would you give a family who has no emergency fund? Yeah, that's a really good question because I know there's quite a few people at the moment that may not have any money to fall back on at the moment. So my number one tip is to not stress. It's very easy to feel like, you know, you're the only one in the world that doesn't have a pot of money to fall back on. But in the UK, less than 50% of people actually have an emergency fund. So you aren't the only one that hasn't got one. So don't stress at the moment. However, my number it takes me to number two, um, tip number two is to work out what you can afford to save. So again, with that financial plan, hopefully you can see how much you can afford to save on a regular basis. So whether that is only £5 a month or £1,000 a month, it's really important to work out what you can afford to save and save that amount. So again, regardless of the amount, make sure you have something that you can put away. And then lastly, my last tip would be to open up a savings account with a high interest rate. So I know lots of people always tell me that they try and save their money in the same um, current account that they have. For me personally, from experience, I know that never works out very well. So if you can and you're looking to build an emergency fund, then make sure you open up a separate savings account and you can find um, good high interest rate um, high interest rate savings accounts on websites such as moneysupermarket.com and money.co.uk if you're based in the UK and they are able to list the best savings accounts currently on the market. Well, thank you for that. Just to play a bit of devil's advocate here. So we're talking about emergency funds. Say... You have someone who says to me, sends me a message from on my podcast saying, where am I supposed to I've done my budget and I just mm -hmm. can't find that little spare. What advice would you give? Where do you think they might be able to find, even in that budget, mm -hmm. maybe that five pounds? Yeah. And this is, yeah. And that's a good question. I think it's really important, again, to look at that financial plan to see if there's any expenses that are leaving your bank account that you can reduce or you can cut out completely. So I know there's many people right now that are trying their best to reduce their um, expenses. So again, look at that financial plan to see if there's any ways you can cut back. However, I know there are many people that have already cut back everything they can already. So again, the next step then is to look at ways you can increase your income to allow you to have that extra disposable income to put into your emergency fund. So again, I know we'll probably talk about ways you can make extra cash shortly, but um, finding ways to increase your income can hopefully allow you to have some extra money to put aside. Okay, thank you very much. Very insightful. So how can we be more efficient with the utility costs? Because we know especially in the West, I know I'm talking to widows all around the world, but one way or the other, you pay utility bills. So mm -hmm. it could be your gas, electric, electric, whatever. But where we are based presently with all the war going on in Ukraine, we have actually, we're facing a utility cost crisis, meaning our bills are quadrupling every day. Mm -hmm. And even though we're getting subsidized by the government, whilst in some countries, they won't even be subsidized. Mm -hmm. We know by April it's going up and we're not guaranteed a subsidy of that sort, even in April. So please, can you give us three crucial tips on how to be more energy efficient? Yeah, so one of my main tips is to turn off any standby appliances. So what I mean, that is any appliances that you probably have plugged um plugged in at the socket that is switched on that you're not using throughout the day. So that might be your toaster, your microwave, for example, things like that. If you can turn that off um, and if so, if you can do that by turning your appliances off at the plug socket, you can save an average of £30 a year just by doing that simple save. Um, again, if you have some disposable income, having a smart plug, for example, can allow you to do that even quicker because you can turn all of your stand um, you can turn off all of your appliances off just by the flip of an app. Tip number two 
Turn down your thermostat. That can also help you reduce your energy costs. So turning down your heating um, just by one degree can save you up to £80 a year. And then lastly, another one of my tips is to wash your clothes at a lower temperature. So washing, for example, your clothes at 30 degrees rather than 40 degrees can help you reduce your energy usage. And if you can cut back your um, washes to once a week, then you can save up to £35 a year as well on your energy bills. So those are some of my top three tips. And again, I know we're not saving thousands of pounds every year on our energy bills but i know at the moment every little helps to a lot of families so yeah those are my top three tips thank you so much Hola. i just want to i wonder if you could elaborate a bit more on the smart plug mm-hmm. that might be a new thing for some people listening yeah so again when it comes to purchasing appliances to help you save money you want to look at whether or not it's worthwhile spending that money but smart plugs for example you can buy a pack of four on amazon and what they do is that I think many people are aware of what an Amazon Alexa is or a Google Home, but essentially that interface connects to your smart plug and you can turn your appliances off just by using an app or an interface such as Amazon, for example. And again, you can have your toaster, your microwave, your light sockets, everything all accustomed to that plug and you can turn it off on your app. Wow, that's amazing. That's very interesting. I'm learning a lot as well. <laughs> and then another question, another thing you mentioned was washing at lower temperatures. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of people worry who have young children thinking at lower temperatures, would my children's clothes be clean? Yeah. Would you explain that a bit further? Yes, that's a good question. So again, it's very obviously dependent on your circumstances, with your ch- how, um, how old your children are, how dirty the clothes are. But on average, if you can afford to wash your clothes at a lower temperature, again, I can't vouch whether or not that's going to clean food stains or anything like that. But soaking your clothes beforehand can also help. But again, just knowing that that's an alternative option. So maybe not for your children's clothes, but at least maybe for adult clothing, you know, you can still save some money there. Thank you very much. And just to add to that, I learned a few weeks ago via TikTok (laughs) that there's a washing powder that you could buy, which is called 4-in-1. Mm-hmm but I'm not mentioning the name because I'm not advertising for anyone. <laughs> and But that would enable you to wash your clothes at even 20 degrees and oh, wow. still get the stains out. So that's a tip for whoever's listening. Okay, thank you, Ola, for that. So we can go, move on smoothly on to the next question. Could you give five tips on how to generate extra spare cash or we call it nowadays streams of income? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's many ways now we can make money online. I think a lot of people take the internet for advantage but there's ways you can make money using the internet now so one popular way of mine that I used to use especially whilst at university to make extra cash is using online surveys and online focus groups so these websites such as Polific, YouGov, Toluna um, are websites that basically pay you for your time to take part in online surveys for your opinions for feedback and even online focus groups as well so at university I used to make an extra 100 pounds 150 pounds every month just by taking part in these surveys so again that's some great disposable income that you know may be able to offset the cost of rising bills for example so that's definitely one to take note of um using cashback websites is another great way of generating some extra cash again this is an at a website that I think a lot of people take, um, not take advantage of, but assume that they are scam websites, but I can completely vouch for websites such as Top Cashback and Quidco. And what they do is that if you are someone that likes to shop online, they will pay you back a percentage of your money if you shop through certain retailers directly through their website. So for example, this year I have made 
um, £80 early this year, which contributed to my flight to Lisbon. And then on the second half of this year, I've made an extra £87, which is waiting to be cashed out. So again, that can be an extra handy way of making some cash. Um, if you have some um, skills or maybe you're a savvy freelancer, then you can consider selling your online skills online now, such as um, through websites such as Fiverr and Upwork. So again, using these websites to your advantage is another great way of making some cash. I know we um, I know recently I did some clearing out of my clothes. I'm sure some people have a lot of clothes or items they no longer use anymore. So you can consider selling unwanted items. So eBay, Depop, Facebook Marketplace are great places to sell your products and items, things like that. And then also lastly, if you are fortunate enough to own your own property, then you might want to consider renting out a spare room if you have one, or you can even rent out your driveway or your garage. Hmm. So a lot of tips there. Yeah. You know, and what came to mind when you were talking as well is because some of my listeners have um, young adults at home mm-hmm. that might still be looking for the traditional way of work. Yeah. Plus with those tips, my audience, those are things your young adults could do also. Definitely. Not just yourself. And that comes it covers the issue of delegating, you know, to our young people. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for that. And um, the next question is, you more or less covered it, um, how to save when shopping online. Yeah. So what I would like to ask you as a young person is, what would your word, what words would you give to families your last word, basically, or your last tip that would more or less summarize this conversation we're having to the family yeah. listening. Yeah, so I think especially at this moment of time, if you are struggling financially at the moment, just remember that you're not alone. Um, lots of us are feeling the pinch at the moment. So, you know, myself included, I might run a business myself, but times are tough, you know. So please um, don't feel like you're the only one struggling at the moment. Um, the key is also not to suffer in silence. So there's many organisations, especially in the UK, that you can reach out to if you are struggling financially. So there's um, free organisations such as Step Change, um, Christians Against Poverty, Citizens Advice that you can reach out to that can give you free impartial advice. Um, and hopefully if you have any family or friends that you can talk to as well to turn to to support, it's really important that you do so. And also I think it's really important to remember that if you are, this is specifically based in the UK, but if you are, again, you recently widowed, you're on a low income or you have children, make sure you can find out if you're eligible for any extra government support. So, again, I think people always often overlook that they might be eligible for extra benefits. So, again, if you're based in the UK, you can find this out on the government website for any extra information on this. Thank you very much. And what came to mind while you were talking as well is within the context of a budget is the classification of needs and luxuries. Mm-hmm. I think in this time, in this season we're living in, it's very important to take that into account when you're doing your budget. Yeah. So could you explain a bit more on what, when we classify needs and when we classify luxuries, what are we actually saying? Yeah, so that's a very quick question. So I think when you talk about your needs and your luxuries, your needs is your basic essentials that you need to live off. So that is anything that you need to live off in terms of food that is not delivery and uber eats every week but your basic food that you know that you can need to live off and get by every week 
your utility bills, for example, your transportation costs if you need to travel to work, things like that, you know, you cannot live without. It's really important that you know that these are your needs. Now, when we talk about your luxuries, although it's great to have them, and I'm not saying you should cut out all your luxuries because I feel like a lot of us, especially widows, work so hard for their money that they should be able to enjoy their money accordingly. However, there are some luxuries that we may have to take cut back, such as, you know, some households might have Amazon Prime, Netflix and Disney Plus. And, you know, people always start, sometimes think that they don't have, they've cut back everything they can. But things like that, you know, if you cut out two out of the three, then you're saving an extra 40, 30, 40 pounds just on those memberships. Things like that. Or, you know, I know some people that may spend £100 on the gym every month, but not might not necessarily go, but may can, maybe can switch to like a £20 gym membership. So again, there are luxuries, but there's luxuries that we might not necessarily need. And also there's luxuries that we might be able to cut back on as well. Yeah, thank you so much. What came to mind as well is like, even under the needs category as well, is mm-hmm. families can also look into things like when it comes to food, because there's food and there's healthy food. So healthy food now also is becoming quite expensive. So one mm. thing that came to mind while you were talking is bulk sharing. Like you can go to warehouses. If you are a family of four and you have a family of three that you know, you yeah. buy a big item and you share it. You know, like we, like in England, we have Costco. I'm sure in America is Costco. It, those are ways of also trying to manage your overheads. And these are for needs. And I noticed, Ola, like you mentioned about takeaways and stuff. Takeaways, what what I have experienced as a widow, surviving widow, is that the more you cook, the more you save. Mm. The more you buy takeaway, the more your your money is being devoured, basically. You know, I don't know if you want to comment on that a bit. And sometimes the food is not as healthy. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, again, some people don't like cooking. Some people, especially in a single household, um, single, single parent household, they might not have time to cook. However, it's things like making those small switches that if you can even cook three to three days out of five days or, you know, if you can cook every single day instead of getting the takeaway, it saves so much more money. And um, if you're based in the UK, then there's an app called Shopmium that allows you to take advantage of discounts um, in supermarkets as well, which is really handy. And I think they can also provide you with cashback as well. So, again, giving you a percentage of your money back for shopping in certain um, supermarkets, too. Thank you for that. And what came to mind as well is I I remember talking to a few people during the lockdown and they were saying, or after coming out of lockdown, that many of them that didn't like cooking, one thing they turned to was YouTube and they learned a lot of simple recipes. Because as a surviving widow, one thing I've learned is you only need to learn at least five recipes, especially with raising a young family. And you're more or less, you save so much money. Recipes yeah. don't need to be too many. Mm. And in terms of cooking, you could actually cook for two, three days, but cook a lot of food. And then you store the food and label them. And then you recycle, use them again when you want them. But at least you know they're there. Okay. Um, yeah, definitely. Mind. Oh, and in terms of luxuries, in times of financial, sorry, in times of financial crisis, there are sacrifices we have to make. Mm. sacrifices will include giving up as Ola rightly says say you have three um subscriptions with tv you might decide you know, take a vote to your family and see which which one you like best or the majority will rule and drop the other two yeah. and then you could actually do it where you're actually changing chopping and changing maybe every three months you change it again 
Yeah. Or you get free. There's a lot of free offers, isn't there, where you can have it for four weeks and then you just start like Prime, um, Amazon Prime. You can get their Prime for a month and then just remember to stop it before you, you know, and so on and so forth. Okay. Anything else you want to share? Anything, your last word or last um, just share up our audience? Just an extra one in terms of getting discounted subscriptions or memberships. Also, if you are a member of like Nectar, so that's Sainsbury's, or you use Club M Tesco Club Card vouchers, again, you can use those points, which again are very often overlooked to contribute to the cost of either memberships or um sign up to streaming platforms. So for example, I used um I think six pounds worth of my Tesco Club Card points to get three months worth of Disney Plus for free. So again, utilize what you can get there. And then also, when it comes back to the memberships, look at any memberships that you don't use. So again, I think people often forget that they are signed to a number signed up to a number of different memberships or subscriptions and they're being charged, like you mentioned. Make sure you set either calendar alerts and also just review your bank statements every month. Cause I know I had someone that was recently paying for um, um Apple Music and Spotify. So that was £20 coming out. So again, little things like that, people often wonder where their money is going. But if you don't check your bank statements every month, then that's where you find that you might be losing money quite easily. So again, make sure you're always checking your statements every month as well. Thank you so much. And just to what came to mind while you were talking as well is when we're looking at our money and managing money in crisis or not, it's an intentional skill to learn and it's an intentional act to manage it. So it's not just about budgeting, but you have to take time out to look at it every month to see what is coming out of your account and what's going out. Because many times there's money coming out that you even forget, as all has yeah. rightly said. It's just these are just tips. And I'm sure when you listen to this, I do, I do, I'm sure there's something you take away from this. Well, I'm going to now thank Ola, Ola from All Things Money for coming. It's been a pleasure having you. Thank you for giving us your time. And to those who listen to this, please, I hope you get something from it and do share it. Share it, download it, and try and think of other people that might. Because even though we're talking about widows, it's a widow's platform. There are a lot of single families out there. There are actually families who are two parents who are still being challenged, yeah. who are middle-class incomes, and still they're being challenged this season. Do share it. Yeah, thank you. And just to, for those who want coaching, one-to-one coaching, find me at businessandmindcoaching.co.uk. And if you want my resources, go to the same platform. Don't forget to look at our other episodes on the podcast. And always remember, there's always hope after loss. And within the context of hope, we're talking about finances. Once your finances are in order, it's half of the battle of your stress and worry.